One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. I felt in uh, praying and preparing for this weekend, uh, the Lord has continued to talk to me, and I, I think I want to I, I focus on that tonight in tonight's meeting. Um, and I think the theme that's going to carry through the weekend is going to be about the oil, about being... Uh, readied for a new oil. And, you know, when, when um, you know, the bride, when in the Song of Solomon, the bride, the bride was actually identified and prepared for a long time, up, over a year before the, that the bride actually had to be saturated in oil, right? The bride was saturated in oil to a degree that wherever she walked, the fragrance, it was, it surrounded her. And um, I think I think the Lord wants to really emphasize the element of of the oil uh, with you guys moving forward. And so um, I want to read a scripture because I want to spend this morning uh, just talking about um, really the supernatural and really focus on the oil that that, that the Lord uh, has for every every person in this house. Um, this is Zechariah verse or chapter four. Um, I'm just going to read part of the chapter. You can follow along if you want, uh, starting with verse one. Now the angel who talked with me came back and awakened me as a man who is wakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? <clears throat> this question of what do you see? How many times did you hear Steve up here this morning? And this wasn't planned. Steve actually... Uh, was just being moved by the Spirit. He started talking about what do you see, what do you see, start pulling on what you see, start pulling on what you see. Um, Jesus actually said in John chapter 3, um, when he's responding to Nicodemus, the man, the Pharisee, who knew everything that the Word said, but he was a blind man. Jesus said, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom. You can't see it. And then Nicodemus continued to question and, and, and challenge Jesus and Jesus responded again. He said, unless you are born of water and the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom. And I'm here to tell you that the only thing preventing you from entering the kingdom now, <laughs> it's not the Holy Ghost. The, Holy Ghost. the intention of the Holy Ghost is for you to enter the kingdom. Not only to see the kingdom, but to enter. And the way we enter is there's degrees of vision. There's degrees of dream. There, there's experiences where I can say that I'm in, when I'm in prayer that I can sit there and say, the Lord is speaking to me through vision. But I also have been in prayer where He is literally taking me out of body to a place of encounter where He showed me things, He equipped me with things, He gave me things, right? And so the degree of you um, being willing or unwilling to participate with the way of the Spirit, it's really up to you. It's up to it, there. You, there's nobody here that is limited more than anybody else. If you believe that, that's a lie. 
Because the Lord has a way of opening a door to get you not only to see, but to experience Him, to actually be taken to heaven, to be taken to hell, to be um, equipped to, to, to do things that are beyond anything that you can create on your own. Because how many of you know that a person, a human being, is not capable of creating faith? Do you ever see somebody trying to be faithful? It kind of looks like they're constipated. What are you doing? I'm, I'm being faithful. <laughs> Do you know that the, the, the uh, Romans 10, 17 says this. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the... What does the word word mean? It actually means rhema. It actually means the spoken voice. It actually means you have pursued Christ in a way or He has visited you, He's come to you in a way that He has spoken to you and He's imparted ability, faith, to actually accomplish, to overcome, to step into, to go beyond natural limitations, to step into the heavenly realm. Faith. Faith. So, so love, I, t- I talked to you about love, right? Love is actually the foundational word of love is faith. So when, the, when Jesus says to you, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, all your soul, He's actually giving you a way to have faith imparted to you. A continual way of walking. Because let's, let's face it, if you have to walk under your own strength and power, the weight of the world will come upon you, right? You can, there's no way that you can accomplish, even some days, most people, you know, you know most people have trouble even going to work. Right? Right? America, um, I forget exactly what the statistic is, and this, isn't ju- this is not a condemning thing, but something like 30 or 40% of Americans are on some type of medication to be able to deal and cope with life. And that's not a condemning thing. You know, medication, some medications are, you, you need medication. You need, um, I mean... You know, it's not a condemnation to, to have to take medication, but the Lord actually um, has a medicine, right? Jesus is the medicine. He is the healer. There is a way to transition off of worldly medicine into heavenly medicine, right? And it's called faith. You can't generate it on, on your own. You actually can't buy it, but you have to, you have to get it, Right? And so, anyway, I don't know how I got on that, that, uh, that path there, but uh, continuing with Zechariah 4, verse 2. So I said, I am looking, and there is a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it, and on the stand seven lamps with seven pipes to seven lamps. Two olive trees are by it, at one, one at the right of the bowl and the other at its left. So I answered and spoke to the angel, who was talking with me, saying, What are these, Lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered me, Do you not know? I mean, can you picture the angel? <laughs> what the heck, dude? You don't know this? You don't know what, what the, the olive trees are? The two olive trees? And what they're for? <laughs> you don't know that? And I said, No, Lord. He answered me. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And so, these, these olive trees are connected to the spirit of God. And if you go on to uh, verse 11, 
Let me back up. The word Zerubbabel actually means the confused, the bound, the, the victim, the one who has no way. Uh, the word Zerubbabel was given to the captives who, um, whenever the Babylonians came and, and took Jerusalem, um, the captives were actually brought in. They were called Zerubbabel. They were, they were the victims. They were the, 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 the prisoners, right? And so the word of the Lord to the prisoner, to the bound, the hopeless, the lame, the lost, is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, right? By my spirit. And so the angel is coming to give Zechariah this revelation about the olive trees and how important the olive trees are. And if you go down, the, the, the verse uh, 6 through 10 is really about the power of the spirit. If, if you want to study and focus on that, it's really that it's the spirit that conquers the natural world. When you are saturated in oil, the world can be conquered because the oil actually is the grace that pushes through and overcomes, it speaks to the mountain, grace, grace to the mountain. So when Jesus actually referenced that when you speak to the mountain, the mountain will be removed, He was actually referencing the fact of the prophecy that the oil would come, that Jesus would ascend into heaven and send the oil so that you could have the power to be drenched in oil anytime you wanted. And if you were drenched in oil, you were never without. You were always have a challenge, but you were never without because Every one of us, the Lord is always taking us from challenge to challenge, glory to glory, right? So the mindset of a true believer is not, when is this ever going to end? The mindset of the true believer is, I can't wait for the next challenge because the Lord's going to give me something that's going to be greater than the last time, and this mountain's going to be broken, it's going to be shifted. Nothing can stand before me because I'm an, I'm an anointed one. I'm clothed in the oil of the Holy Ghost. Wait, 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 wait. You're not supposed to be sitting there like this. Wow. I mean, at least can somebody like, whoa! Yeah! My God, Jesus. Jesus. You know, Jesus had me study the lamb one time. And this is just coming to me. I, I've studied, I studied the lamb years ago. He, he, he came to me one time and he wanted me to study. He asked me a question. Why did I come as a lamb? right? A sheep. Why? And I'm like, that's a good question. So I start studying the sheep. You know, and there's, there's two elements of the sheep that just blew me away when I got the revelation of why Jesus came as the, as the lamb. Do you know that um, sheep in the Middle East, if a, if a viper, there's, there's certain uh, vipers, certain rattlesnakes that are very popular in that area of, of, of the world, and if they come and they bite the lamb, do you know the lamb actually has anti-venom in its blood? That the bite of the serpent, <laughs> the bite of the serpent has no power over the lamb. That the blood of the lamb, are you kidding me? That the blood of the lamb has anti-venom in it and that, that dang serpent can sit there all day and go tss, 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 and it's wasting its time. <laughs> that serpent is wasted. Do you ever just like turn around and after this thing is like peppering in your ear for weeks and months and you feel this heavy thing over you and you go, don't you realize you're wasting your time? 
I sound talking to you, Satan? Don't you realize you're wasting your time? <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm getting drunk. <laughs> Woo! The other thing that the Lord showed me about the lamb is that the shepherd, in order for that sheep, even though it was not a victim of the serpent, that <laughs> that lamb, in order to survive in, in the wilderness and in the areas where the shepherd took the lamb, whether it was on a mountain or whether it was in the valley or wherever that lamb went, the shepherd, the good shepherd, had to take oil and it had to anoint basically the whole body. And the, sh- and the, and the lamb, especially, they had to uh, push oil up around the face and into the nasal cavity. And if there wasn't oil up in the, even into the place where breath came into the lamb, there's a fly in the Middle East that actually searched out lambs to lay its eggs. And when they laid their eggs, the maggots would actually go into the brain of the lamb and the lamb would go crazy. So if the lamb didn't have oil on it, if the lamb wasn't saturated in oil, even though it wasn't a victim of the serpent, What's the fly called? Beelzebub? The eggs of the fly could actually mingle into the brain and actually eat the sheep. It could eat the lamb alive. And so when people say, well, I came to the altar and I got saved, yet they're dealing and struggling with life in a way that they're out of their mind. The first, per- the first question you might want to ask is even though you're covered by the blood, are you covered by the oil? Are you clothed in oil? Have you kept the oil on you? You know, when Jesus, when Jesus started talking about the parable of the ten virgins, what did He ask the ten virgins? Is there oil in your lamp? Right? You can't have fire without oil. You can cry out all day about, oh, I'm coming to church and we're all going to cry out for fire. Yeah, the presence of God. But then when you leave because oil, you're not coated in oil, there's no fire in your life. Right? And Jesus, Jesus warned the ten virgins, you know, you can, <laughs> you can have a lamp. You can, try, you can carry what appears to be a lamp, but without oil, you can't have fire. Right? So I'm trying to emphasize you the importance of the oil and why the angel would come to Zechariah and say that not by might, by my spirit, that you need to be absolutely clothed in oil. You need to be so saturated in oil that <laughs> not only when the, when, when, the, when the viper comes, you know, you got, you got that anti-venom in you because the blood of Jesus was sp- spilled out for you and you're, you're clothed in the blood. You, you've, you've actually, you, don't, you don't respond to condemnation and guilt because Jesus clothed you in blood, right? And, no, and, and, and the venom is actually rendered powerless by the anti-venom, the antibody that's in the blood. But it's up to you to be clothed in oil. See, Jesus opened up heaven. He sent the power of the Holy Ghost, but it's up to you to, to keep clothed in oil. Yeah. Right? It's, <laughs> it's up to you. It's up to you to actually put, put the, the, the oil in your nostrils in a way that flies cannot lay eggs in your body and cause your mind to go crazy. 
there's actually a scripture, I think it's, uh, in a, it's either in Song of Solomon or Ecclesiastes that actually says that the, that the ointment, the oil, goes rancid because of, of the flies, right? So if you don't have a continual, you know, you can have oil on you, but then you go into a season where these flies attack you, and I don't know where this is all coming from, I didn't plan any of this. If you can go, if you go into a season and the flies are like all over you and they, they land and they start laying eggs on you just because you had oil in the last season doesn't mean that your mind is protected in the new season because you need oil. You need a continual flow of oil. What did I? (laughs) I did not plan any of that. Oh my gosh. So let me read this again. So I said, he goes, what do you see? And so I said, I'm looking and there is a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it. And on the stand is seven lamps with seven pipes to seven lamps. On the stand is seven lamps with seven pipes to seven lamps. Two olive trees are by it, one at the right and other, the other on the left. So I answered and spoke to the angel who was talking to me. What are these, Lord? And he says, you don't know what these are? What are you? Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Are, what are you, Zachariah? <laughs> and I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek. I'm saying that facetiously. But the revelation of how, how, do, how do you value the oil? How do you value the Holy Spirit? Because it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit. You are not fighting a battle in the natural. You're not fighting relational differences or issues in the natural. You're fighting a spirit. Do you realize you're fighting the, the war that, you, that is against you? The thing that the flies that are coming to take over your mind is a spirit. It's a spirit. <laughs> it's a spirit. So going down to verse 11, then I answered and said to him, what are these two olive trees? So now Zechariah is so blown away. He's asking the angel the very question the angel asked him, him, asked him, and he's saying, wait, I have your answer. What are these two olive trees at the right of the lamp standing on the left, and I further answered and said to him again, what are these two olive branches that drip continuously into the receptacles of golden pipes from which the golden oil drains? And he said to me, do you not know what these are? And I said, no, Lord, but I'm blown away by what I just saw. That's, he, he's, he's so overtaken, he's now asking the angel the question that was asked to him. And so the angel says, These are the two anointed ones who stand beside the Lord of the whole earth. The word Lord there is the word Adonai. It's actually Christ who came as he came as God and man. He's actually the door. He's actually the one when the door swings open, heaven and earth is connected through Adonai. Right? So Christ, Christ came. He is the door. What did John, what did he say to John? He said, come up here. The door is, he said, the door, basically the door is open. He said, come up here. I have more to show you. I have more to talk to you about. You are not bound to the earth. You have access into heaven. But these two anointed ones are actually referenced when, when you study this, they're actually called the sons of oil. There's two elements, the sons of oil. And one is the, the actual anointing itself, the, 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 the weighty presence, equipping of the Holy Spirit. And the other one is the actual uh, oily word. It's the prophecy, the dream, the vision. It is the very sp- spoken voice of the Lord. 
And the presence, the presence of this anointing and the voice of this anointing is actually coming from the, the olive trees that drip continuously. There is no limitation from heaven. There is a continuous drip from heaven. There was, see, in the Old Testament, there was no access, there was no continual access point to the people. When, when, when the oil was poured on a man in the Old Testament supernaturally, like David and Elijah and those guys, it was for a specific purpose through a supernatural means that didn't exist at that time. But when Jesus came, He opened up the door for all, for all people, Jew and Gentile, for anyone. If you believe, and, 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 the, and the, the greatness of what Christ accomplished was the door is open and the power of the Holy Ghost can be spread to everybody. Right? The power, the power of the anointing that you will dream dreams and have visions. That you are not limited because you weren't born in. You're now grafted in. You are now connected to the living one. To the one that gave life because the door is open. The two anointed sons, the, the sons of oil, the, the, the oil of the presence of God, the oil of the, of the living Word, the, the dream, the vision, you are to be drenched in those experiences. You, it, 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 when Jesus came, it was actually supposed to be abnormal that you didn't experience heaven if you, if you believed. Okay? So if you believe, it's almost like, my visit, what, when's my next visitation, Lord? What are you going to talk to me about today, Lord? What are you going to say to me? What's gonna, what are you going to equip me with? How are you going to impart faith to me to do, to do what's next? Right? So there is no limitation. But if you are a sheep wandering through the wilderness or just uncommitted and not really recognizing um, the importance of the oil... Sooner or later, you're going to lose your mind. And I'm not prophesying over you, but once you, be, once, you don't understand, once you say, Jesus, I do, and you raise your hand, there's a target put on your back. Right? It's like there's a honing, honing device. Like somehow you don't know it, but your wife put your, uh, your little honing device on in your phone, and she's following you around everywhere, everywhere you go. She suddenly shows up. Right? That's what it's like in the spirit. Once you once you go to Jesus and say I do, right? If you are not if you are not equipped with heaven to confront and battle what you're supposed to battle with because they're coming after you, dude. It's not like you're like this special little I'm just going to believe and wait over here in the corner. Dude, they take advantage of people who just wait over in the corner. Right? You you're just a victim. You're prey. The Bible actually talks about you becoming prey. Right? Who here would say this? I am covered in as much oil that I can possibly carry right now. I am so dripping with oil that no matter what comes against me, I am ready. Who here, who here with confidence could say that? Do you know you're, you carry something with you? You're either carrying oil with you or you're carrying some critters with you. Right? It's not like you just wake up and you're just going to be you. It's too late for that. You, you're, you live in a spirit. You are a, you are a spirit 
trapped in a body inside of a world, a dimension that is locked, unless you know the door that can give you access into the supernatural realms of heaven so that heaven can invade earth and no longer are you a victim of the world that because you know Adonai, because you know the living Christ, that the door is open, that somehow you've got this oil that when you wake up in the morning, I'm getting my oil on, I'm getting my word, I know what he said to me and I don't care what those critters are whispering in my ear, you cannot lay eggs in my head, Right? You cannot bite me. You can, you, serpent, you cannot bite me. It won't work. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. I've, 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 got, I've got anti-venom in my blood, and I've got oil. If you think about that, it says that the, the Word of God is a lamp unto my feet, right? How can, how can you walk? How can your path be lit up if you don't have oil? Right? These are just thoughts. I didn't get started yet. <laughs> no, that's. <laughs> Is there anybody here alive today? Can I get a Jesus? Send me your oil. Jesus! I want more oil. No fly. We'll lay eggs in my head because your oil is dripping on me. Open up the floodgates. Let the oil flow over me continuously. Every egg that's laid on me. Let there be enough oil that it would flow so vehemently that the egg would be washed off of me. Yeah! Whatever he said. Yeah! <laughs> Did I lose you? <laughs> All right, so the Lord's been giving me a lot of uh, visions, encounters, and dreams here lately about the oil. And I think he's, he's, he's uh, stressing the importance of the oil um, for a reason. And I think, you know, it's this thankfulness I told you about at the beginning with being connected to this place. You know, it's funny how our paths are similar. You know, if you look at your two or three year history, it's very similar to Shelley and I's two two or three year history, right? In terms of, there's just a lot of similarities. And I think think, um, this stressing of the oil um, and the way the Lord has talked to me about what He wants to share tonight, that the oil is, is such an important element right now for you. Because He's got a new oil for you, right? And the oil is, a, is your answer. Can I tell you that? The oil of the Holy Ghost is your answer in this season. Okay? There, there's a washing that happens with new oil, right? Right? It, it, it can actually cleanse off the old rancid oil that actually stinks <laughs> if you ask for more oil, right? So I want to share with you uh, some visions um, and encounters I had um, because I think there's revelation to it about how important the oil is, okay? Um, just here recently, I had this, this uh, uh, encounter with the Lord where He took me into this graveyard, and 
You know, I didn't know exactly what I was going to a graveyard for. He's taken me to graveyards before, but um, I had a different, I had a weird feeling when I walked into the graveyard with him. And uh, there was this mound in the graveyard. There was no headstone, but there was this freshly covered um, grave piled up with dirt, fresh dirt. And um, walking with us was the Holy Spirit and five angels. And these five angels, he introduced me to these five angels in 2011. And these five angels at various times have been with me throughout the last seven years um, through through everything. The Lord, When the Lord had to give me something new or talk to me about something, these angels would, would come and just speak something to me or say something to me that just, it gave me strength, okay? And so all five of these angels have, have uh, shovels and the, all five of them are digging, digging this dirt, dig, uncovering what's there. And I'm standing there and I'm watching and um, I'm watching. But as they, as they take, take the coffin out of the ground, they open up the coffin and all I see is this body completely wrapped in linen, but there's oil soaked. Like there's so much oil in the coffin that like the oil is literally full, the, the coffin is full of oil in a body. Okay. And this, this person's uh, kind of lifeless, but you know, they're dead. This person's dead. I'm like, who are you showing me? What, what are you showing me here? And um, all of a sudden Jesus starts unraveling this body, unwrapping. Right. And I, I'm, I'm like, that's me. That's me. And as, I, as he unravels me, um, I, I'm alive. I, I literally come alive in, inside the coffin, right? And he stands me up, and he, uh, one of these angels and the Holy Spirit have this uh, white, this white cloak um, with a couple scriptures on it. And I won't go into those details, but he puts this, this new cloak on me. He ties it. And I'm, my body is still dripping with oil. And he speaks a scripture to me. He says, and the this, this scripture is in Romans 6. He says, as you are in the likeness of my death, so too shall you be in the likeness of my resurrection. And dude, <laughs> it was like when he spoke it, life came into me like, like I could breathe again. Like this suffocating feeling um, that I've had for these last few years. It's like this life... <gasps> And I'm dripping with this oil and Jesus starts to, I mean, he's talking to me face to face and he says, he says this to me and he says, he says, I planned for your resurrection before they buried you. And I, I mean, I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, man, <laughs> oh my God. And he's, he keeps talking, he's talking and you know, you know, Jesus has, Jesus has shown himself to me in ways that are kind of, I don't know, they're different, unique and He's like, he, I saw Jesus as like this cocky, like, I don't want to say cocky, but he's so confident he's on the edge of cocky. He's like, he says, you want to see something cool? I said, yeah. So he, 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 he runs his, his, his hand down my arm that is still dripping with oil. And he takes just a fingertip of this and he has me bend down with him inside and he says, I want to show you something inside the coffin. And like all of a sudden I see this spirit, this dark spirit that is like you could tell he couldn't get out of the coffin, but 
He was afraid of the oil to such a degree that he was doing everything. He was like, he was like pinning himself up on the upper section where the, the oil was on the bottom. He's pinning himself on the upper section of, of the sidewall. And Jesus takes the oil that, that was dripping off of me and he touches this thing and this, this, this spirit goes, ah! And, he's, and he's, this spirit starts going, don't, don't touch me. Please don't touch me with the oil. Please don't touch me with the oil. And all of a sudden I look face to face with this spirit and I could see it's the grim reaper. It's, it's death. It's the spirit of death. And I want to tell you something, that when Jesus prepares you to do a new thing, He puts an oil on you that will lead you to death. And then He resurrects you out of the old thing into the new thing. And death, see, this is what you have to know, that death is contained in the coffin. Jesus takes you out of the coffin, just like Jesus was taken out of the grave. Jesus takes you out of the coffin. And death... You've got to know this. If you grasp anything this weekend, you have to realize that death, darkness, hell, and the grave, they are deathly afraid of the oil, the anointing. Because you have to know that when Jesus went to the grave, it says that Jesus first descended before He ascended. He first descended and He took all the keys. Not only does He carry the keys of life, He carries the keys of death and hell. That's what Revelation 1 says. I carry not only the keys of life, but I carry the keys of death. I carry the keys of death. Do you, if you grasp anything this weekend, that if you would grab hold of the revelation that not only does Jesus hold the keys of life, He holds the keys of death. And He puts an oil on you that you would not fear death. That you would not fear death. That you would be so grafted into the life-giving power of the Holy Ghost. Oh my God. I said, Jesus, can you do that again? It's like I caught. You've got to hear this. It was like in the vision, in the encounter with Christ, I caught. Not only did I hear it, but I caught it. And I, I was, it was like I was as cocky as he was. And I said, can you do that again? Oh, yeah, yeah. Ah! I'm here to tell you that there's an oil on you. That Jesus has put an oil on you that death, hell, and the grave is afraid of. And all those feelings, all those emotions, all those relational dynamics, and all that junk that whispers in your ear, that tries to get you more connected with death, is a lie from the pit of hell because Jesus gave you life. He not only gave you His blood, He gave you His oil. And where His oil is, it was the oil, it was the Holy Ghost that went into the grave, that rolled the stone away and went into the grave and raised up Christ to not only walk on the earth, but to ascend into heaven. Jesus not only walked on the earth for 40 days, He ascended into heaven so He could send the Holy Ghost. And I hear the Lord say this to you, that he's waiting for you not only to be raised from the grave, but you would walk on the earth as a man, but you would be known as a spirit in heaven, that you also would ascend into heaven so that you too could send the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you this, that when Jesus took me above a city for the first time, I shook. I actually said I didn't want to do it. It actually scared me. It actually, it, it actually, the revelation of the power of Christ being to position you to begin to pray over something, it scared me. 
But I finally, I said, all right. I mean, he had to work with me, man. But when I got the revelation that not only does Christ ascend, that you ascend, and from heaven you release, you release the Spirit of God, not only over people, over places, over your home, over your marriage, over cities, you have the power to release oil on earth. The value of what Christ did when he was resurrected by the oil. He so valued the oil. Let me tell you something. Jesus so valued the oil. He told his disciples. He gathered them up. He gave them one command after he was resurrected. One. Do not leave the city. I'm going up so I can send you the oil. I'm ascending so I can send you the oil. Because when you're clothing this oil, as I overcame death, you too overcome death. You too are not limited to this world. You too can walk through the door of heaven. You can listen to angels. You can hear my Father's voice. You can hear the Holy Ghost Himself. You are not bound to earth when you're bound to the oil that Christ has has sent to you. Are you you getting this? Did you ever wonder, you know, Jesus asked this question, why are you so downtrodden? Oh my God, I got the oil! Do you realize I have anti-venom in my blood? Why are you trying to bite me? And why are you trying to put this junk in my head? I've got the oil. Death is afraid of the oil. (laughs) Are you kidding me? You have the power of the Holy Ghost. I hope you get the revelation. You hear this as a cliche. You've got the power of the Holy Ghost. You've got the power of the Holy Ghost. And you walk around like this. You've got the power of the Holy Ghost. So why are you afraid? You've got the very power that raised Christ from the dead that makes the grim reaper shake inside of a coffin that he can't get out of. But you can. He's locked in this world. He's bound to this world. You're not. You're not bound to this world. You're bound to heaven. You were born again in Christ. You were born again in Christ. You were born again in Christ. Do not let anybody tell you that when they just simply go to an altar that they are born again. What demonstrates being born again is when you are heavenly bound and you release heaven on earth. And with your mind, Paul said, be transformed in the renewing of your mind. With your mind, you say, I refuse you. I refuse you. I refuse you. I refuse that pain. I refuse it because I'm bound to heaven. And I release heaven on earth. And I didn't plan on preaching none of that today. Are you kidding me? I thought I was just going to talk and I was going to be teaching this morning. of oil there is nothing limiting you Jesus never said that when you meet meet the gallon jug that's it I have no more for you in fact what Jesus says and this is biblical he actually said if they don't want their gallon and they don't want their gallon and they don't want their gallon I'll give it to you If they don't want to go to Bangladesh and they don't want to go to Africa and they don't want to go preach down the street at Pizza Hut, I'll give it to you. 
I'm waiting for somebody to say, I want the oil. I'll do what you ask me to do. I will be equipped in what you equip me with, and I'll do it. I'll even equip you to build a house of oil in the middle of the snake mounds. In the middle where supernatural giants used to worship Satan. I will equip you. I will equip you. I will equip you. I will pour oil on you. I will pour oil on you. In the middle of the snake mounds. I'm looking for somebody crazy enough. Who will say, I'll boil on you? My God, is there anybody crazy enough to believe a dream that there would be an oil pit, not only a well of water, but a well of anointing in the middle of the place where the giants used to worship the serpent? Are you kidding me? And that's why I had to repent. I had to say, I'm sorry, Lord, for not realizing how valuable it is to be connected to a man and a woman who would say yes to building a house of oil in the middle of a snake pit. In the middle of a snake pit. Are you kidding me? I see snakes running. I see snakes fleeing from this place. I see snakes running faster than anything on earth trying to get away. Trying to get away from the oil. Oh my gosh, they have oil. Can you hear them? Can you hear them down there? Can you hear them in hell? They're saying, oh my God, Stephen Tabby have oil. Oh my God, the spirit of death is running through hell right now. He's saying, oh my God, Stephen Tabby have oil. And they're asking for more. They're asking for more. They're asking for more oil. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God, if you knew the power of the oil. If you knew the power of the oil of the Holy Ghost. I feel something coming out of my belly, man. I just, I just feel like this, this river. I feel this river. I feel like I'm alive. I feel, I feel this river coming out of my belly. Like somebody's, somebody wants this. Like somebody wants to, to, to be associated, to be committed to be aligned with this purpose, with this anointing, with this river. And I break that lie that that says this is just a small thing. This is no small thing, says the Lord. This is no small thing. This is no small thing, says the Lord. Because this is an oil well. You thought, you thought that you were just drawing water. But the Lord says, you struck oil. The Lord says, you struck oil. You struck oil. Let me testify about the oil. Let me testify about, testify about seeing in the spirit something in the spirit and seeing it happen before your eyes. In 2012, I had, I don't know, 30 or 40, maybe, maybe 25, 30, something like that, people in my basement. I had a pretty big basement. And after, after my message, I, st- I, I saw these two angels. I saw two of the angels that the Lord introduced to me. He had just introduced them to me a few months before. And I saw two of the angels come into the room. One angel was the angel of love. He carried a vial of oil. It was golden. 
called Deliverance that had Deliverance written on the side of this golden oil. <clears throat> and this other, this other angel called Righteousness carried an oil that was jet black. It was called the fear of the Lord. <clears throat> and I started to prophesy about these, these angels running through the room so excited for people who wanted oil that these angels literally started dumping oil on people. And all of a sudden, this oil... Literal oil started running down my face. It was, it, I, what was prophesied out of my mouth started appearing on my face. It was literally running down my face. It was running down my face, and I was so overcome that what I had prophesied manifested in the natural that oil was literally running down my face. And, and it, was, it, it was crazy. All I can tell you was that there were people that when they touched the, they, I let people touch the oil that, that the angel put on my face. And there were people that would fall and weep. There were people who would just fall over. There were people who would start weeping and crying. It was just, it, it was a supernatural thing. So when the Lord takes you in a visitation, when He takes you to heaven, when He takes you in a vision, and He says, what do you see? It is not for you to just try to read the Bible and study and relate to it and connect to it. Sometimes it's not even just a discussion. It's actual for a manifestation. The Lord, when He said to Jeremiah, when He called Jeremiah the prophet, when He strengthened him out of the gate, Jeremiah said, oh my God, I'm just a kid. I have no way of doing this. And the Lord said, the Lord quieted him down and said, Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah went, I see an olive branch. Oh my God, are you getting this? I see a branch. I see a branch. I see a branch. And he described it. And the Lord said, well, Abel, am I to execute what you see? The Lord said, without vision, my people perish. And I've heard screwed up doctrinal teachings about, well, that means... Like this, if you don't come unto the house and you're not covered and all this junk about just stupid doctrine, the Lord, when the Lord gives a man a vision, whether it's the house vision, and some of you will be connected to the house vision, but some of you, the Lord gives vision so that you can extend the house vision. You're here not to, to support inward. You're here that this tree can flow outward. When the Lord gives you vision, it's to be connected to what you're supposed to be connected to, but feed what you're supposed to feed. Right? Father, I just pray right now that you would give every person in this place right now the revelation that you gave Jeremiah, that you are so willing to execute what you let a person see. And why you said the prophecy that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. They will dream dreams and have visions and they will prophesy. Lord, let this cliche stuff that they've been accustomed to, be used to, all this stuff where they're just in a routine church mode. Lord, I break that religion. I break that comfort zone. I break that lie. Lord, I break it now in Jesus' name. And I declare over their eyes the oil flowing. The oil, the oil of the Holy Ghost that opens the dimensions of heaven. That opens the supernatural of heaven. 
that there would be faith implanted in their hearts, that there would be words of direction and vision and deliverance implanted in their hearts, commands to go and lay hands on the sick, commands to go and see the leper cleansed, commands to go and drive out devils, commands to preach the gospel. I break the limitation of religion. And I, I just, I feel that right now. I think you guys need to say, Lord, I'm sorry for making a spiritual thing religious. Because it's, it's actually a crime. Do you realize it's a crime to make a spiritual life about coming to church on Sunday, getting into it for a couple hours, hoping the presence of God comes, and then going out and seeing nothing supernatural happen in your life? That's a crime. Some of you should be arrested. Not in a bad way. Just slapped around a little bit, straightened out. Have the oil, have Jesus rub his face on you and say, you see that oil? I anointed you for a purpose. I just see Jesus wiping your face right now, like all five fingers. I see him wiping his face and he says, you know, the, the number five is the number of grace. There's a grace, there's a supernatural grace on you. It's like I, I see this oil dripping off your face. And it's like when you walk into places, you don't even have to speak because this oil just drips on people. And the Lord, the Lord says that he's going to be, be unctioning you just to go visit people. Just to go visit people because they need the anointing. Because they need the anointing. No matter what mountain you face in in the places you visit, it will fall by the Spirit of God. It will fall by the Spirit of God. It will fall by the Spirit of God. And the Lord says that that initial resistance, don't flee, don't run from it, because I hold not only the keys of life, but the keys of death. And that resistance is not the person, that resistance is a spirit. That resistance is religion. That, re- that, that resistance is, <laughs> is not of heaven. But I see this oil dripping off of you. I see this oil just oozing and dripping off of you. It's like, it's like, it's like I, hear, I hear like, you know how gossip starts? I hear these, I, it, it's, it's not gossip, but it's like gossip. I hear these angels saying, oh my gosh, the fountain has been <laughs> opened. The fountain gate Oh my gosh, the fountain has been opened. The one that, that, that's known as the fountain who has only let a little bit out. <laughs> the one they call the fountain has been completely opened. It's like she's uncontainable. She can't be contained anymore. It's like she runs from house to house throwing oil on people. Just literally just hitting people with, with balloons filled with oil. Oil bombs. Oil bombs. Did I tell you that the lamb, you know that a lamb, a sheep, you know when it gets bit, you know it has unique blood in it? Do you know? Let me tell you about this this sheep. This sheep has such a unique blood in it, it actually has anti-venom that the bite of the serpent has no power over the lamb. But the lamb alone... The lamb, let me tell you, the lamb alone is not ready to go into the world to do the supernatural. Because if he goes without the oil, his mind is subject to the eggs of the fly, to Beelzebub's eggs. And so the good shepherd requires the lamb to keep coming so that they can, the good shepherd can massage oil all over the lamb. 
all over the lamb. The good shepherd can massage oil all over the lamb. And no matter what hurt, what pain, no matter what discouragement, no matter what thing that comes against you, no matter if it looks like everything you worked for has fallen apart, nothing shall overcome the oil. Nothing shall overcome what was put on you because the oil has the ability to cleanse the eggs of the fly, that the eggs of the fly would not attack your mind, that your mind would be coated in the voice of heaven. Completely coated. I can't remember if I told you that, so I'm telling you it again. Because the lamb, if you understand the lamb, because the lamb came to earth, the lamb walked on the earth for 30 years, but he did not start his ministry till he was clothed in the oil. And even when he was clothed in the oil, even, even though he could have called down 10,000 legions, 10,000 angels, or how many legions, 10 legions, whatever the Bible says about legions, he could have called it down because he had the power, but he obeyed the Father's voice and he went to the grave because of the direction of the Lord. He was covered. The Lord, the Father God, had already planned for the resurrection, so he was coated in oil. And Jesus had to trust that the oil would raise him into a new season. I don't know if you're getting this. I mean, I I can't tell you. I am so excited about understanding the lamb. If the lamb had to follow, if the lamb had to follow the voice of God unto death, But he could have done supernatural things. That's the freaky part about this. You can be raising the dead and all this stuff, but if the voice of God says, I want you to sit still for a minute, or if I want you to go here for a minute, even though you could do that, I want you to do this because I'm teaching you obedience. I'm teaching you endurance. I'm giving you a strength you didn't have before because in order for you to carry it in the new place, in the new time, you have to have a strength and heart, a commitment that you didn't have before, an endurance you didn't have before, and a, an ability you didn't have before. And there's a new oil that goes with your growth, your heart that is now so big that it can hold and contain what you couldn't do before. And Jesus was so adamant. He was so vehement in, in, in going to the cross. He endured the cross. He endured his beating. He endured it. He endured it because he had the bigger thing, the, the, the dream on his heart, that the world would be saved. That the world would be saved. <laughs> I can't remember if I told you yet about the lamb. If you can't tell that I'm excited about the understanding of how Jesus can teach a guy. Listen, I'm not bragging, but I kind of know a lot of math and stuff. The, I have a cool job. I get sent all around the world. And the Lord had to teach me the importance of not only the blood, but the oil by teaching me the simplicity like a child with the lamb. Oh my God. The lamb. You see, I used to be in love with this warrior king that came out of heaven riding a white horse, dripping with with a robe dripped in blood, and on his thigh is the word of God, his title. I mean, I love this. But Jesus had to talk to me about how dominant he is by showing his nature as a lamb and entrusting, (laughs) entrusting the oil all the way to death, that the oil would raise him up 
and death would still be trapped. Jesus is raising this house up to a new thing. You had to endure several years of stuff where you didn't understand why. But I'm here to prophesy to you. I'm prophesying to you that death is afraid of you. Death is afraid of the ones who are anointed in oil for the new season, for the new life, for the new thing. (laughs) Oh my God, are you getting, are you grasping that he moves you from glory to glory to glory and he's waiting for our willingness to even allow something to die that we think we want to make live. He allows us to go to a place where we finally realize, okay, all right, take me. Take me to the cross. I'll give up what I love, what I value, even the friends that I endure with, that I laugh and cry with, that I'll do anything for. If you want to take them away from me, even though I get life from them, I'll do it. The process of being willing to go to the new place requires you to trust the oil, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that He will raise you up into a new thing. I have never, you know, for two years, I regretted. I regretted it. I questioned God. I asked God why. But until <laughs> He started showing me, and I knew, I knew some of this stuff, but it didn't, until He actually, the, the oil actually separated me from death. Until I had to trust in the oil. Until I had to pull on the oil. You heard this guy's talking about pulling on oil. Until I had to pull on the oil in a way that I never had to pull on it again. Or before, that I never had to pull on before. I had to trust the oil to raise me up. The Lord is going to raise you up. The Lord is going to raise you up. The Lord is going to raise you up. Can I just tell you, do you know what Jesus did actually after he was raised up? Jesus did some pretty cool things. He actually went to Peter, the one who left him, and said, do you love me? And was able to restore Peter. The power of restoration is in a resurrection. Do you know that Jesus actually walked through walls? He was no longer bound in his earthly body because he died and was resurrected. And he could walk through walls and he came to Thomas because he heard Thomas in the spirit. And he actually spoke to Thomas, Thomas the doubter. And he called Thomas to a nation that actually devoured and ate people. Thomas ended up believing so vehemently because Christ revealed himself in spirit in the anointing. He revealed himself as the risen Christ. He revealed himself as the as the one raised from the dead to the doubting one, and the doubting one was transformed. That's what's going to happen to this house. There's been people that you've testified to, that you tried to preach to, that you've tried to minister Christ to, but once you are raised from the dead, you no longer walk as a mere man. You walk as a man and a woman raised from the dead. Are you, are you getting this? Are you getting it? I see excitement in your eyes, girl. I didn't see it for a long time. And that's okay. But I see an excitement in your eyes. From the inside out, there's a light. There's a light 
glowing from the inside out. It's like death can't get the pain that has transcended past the veil from the inside out. (laughs) From the inside out. And you're not going to have to work to try to push through it anymore. You're not going to have to uh, have to have to just the whole questioning thing. It's, it's actually going to shine from within you because he's res- he had to leave you go to raise you up. Oh, my God. You, you, are you getting this? He actually has to leave you go. The father had to leave Jesus go. The father had to leave him go. He had to let him go to the cross. He had to let him obey. But then he raised him up and a light shone out of him that the world, it was what Isaiah prophesied, your glory has come. There's a, there's a rising. <laughs> wow. I just, man, there's a, this, this is an oil well. You guys need to be prophesying that, that this is an oil well. This is an oil well. You need to be able to look at each other and say, it's okay at whatever stage of life you're in or whatever stage of death you're in. I'm with you. Because I know there's stages and not everybody can go out and prophesy and raise the dead in, the, in that season. There's people that need carry, they need help, and that's okay. But you as prophetic people can discern the times. You can actually discern that as long as you're part of it, we're committed to you. We're here to help you. And I don't know where all this is coming from. This is actually revelation to me. I just, I just, I just like, it's like the love of Christ, the commitment to the people to restore to raise up, to carry, to help. There's a, there's, a new, there's a new oil. There is a new oil. It's part of the new oil. You couldn't carry it before, but you're going to carry it now. feel Jesus like he is so working like all this cloudedness has left your mind like this cleansing the two anointed ones the the sons of oil are here the dripping prophetic word and the dripping presence of God they're here because this is an oil well Because this is an oil well. This is an oil well. This is the place where the spirit of death screams and runs from. This is an oil well. I'm going to talk tonight about an enemy emerging. But I, I see I see this this new the next phase. The Lord let me see what's next. And that's why I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell it now. I'll tell it now. And I'm gonna preach and minister about it tonight, but what I see For the last six months, I've been calling Stephen Tabby. The Lord's been giving me pieces of this vision. And it started out with, can you just turn, can you turn that down just a little bit? The Lord's been giving me this, this vision about this, this house. And I saw the church, I saw, 
Steve and Tabby led to a stagnant pond. Jesus actually took them there. And I saw Jesus, it's like Jesus was still with them, but he led them to a stagnant pond. And I saw this crocodile, this big 18-foot huge crocodile emerge from the waters like you could see its eyes come up and its back. But I saw the whole church, I saw the church standing around the edge of the pond, but you were naked. You stood there and watched naked. And Steve and Tabby um, were given different directions from Christ. Steve was led out into the pond to sneak up on the back of the crocodile that emerged. And he was, it was like Jesus became this wrestling coach. And Jesus, Jesus was instructing Steve on what move to do next, on how to hold the crocodile, how to put it in a headlock, how to wrap its legs around it, how to endure when it twisted and turned under the water and count on Jesus to emerge on the other side to take a breath. All the while beyond his own strength, having to hold and to pull. And the whole time, Tabby is like, she's asking why, but she at the same time is instructed by Christ to kneel on the sideline and begin to pray. All she had to do was pray. And I kept, I just, you know, I'd see this in pieces and ask about the stagnant water and ask about help for Steve. Ask about Tabby's position. Why, you, why have you positioned her to wait on the edge and pray? And suddenly in the next phase, I saw, I saw Jesus come out of the water and point to Tabby. And I saw, I saw the Lord put a sword in her hand. And I saw her rise up with a look in her eye that was so passionate and so purposed and so fearless that she ran into the water without thinking And at that moment, I saw Steve pull this crocodile supernaturally up out of the water with its belly exposed. And Tabby shoved this sword up this crocodile's belly and it lost strength. It died. It died when the sword went into it. And Jesus then took them both into the the water and started pulling out clothing, mantles and prayer shawls and cloaks and robes that this crocodile had eaten, that it was actually feeding in this pond on the mantles, on the prayer shawls, on the equippings that the Lord had given the people. And I saw Tabby pull out Steve's prayer shawl and tied it around him in a knot that it's like this knot would never ever be removed again. And I saw Steve and Tabby find hers and they tied, they tied this, this prayer shawl, this mantle around Tabby in the same way. And they started looking and they, they saw their naked church and they started reaching deeper into the crocodile and they found clothes for every person in the house. And instantly, as they started clothing the people, the stagnant water was transformed into an oil pit. It was like bubbling golden oil. 
And I saw Steve get this cocky look like the description I gave you about Jesus with the oil and the spirit of death. I saw Steve yank this crocodile up out of the water. And it's like, you know, in the ancient, in the ancient kingdoms, they would hang the heads of their enemies at the gates of the castle. I saw Steve take this crocodile he, he, uh, and he tied it up and hung it at the front side of this pond. And when he did that, instantly there was this highway. This highway um, appeared and it, it went down to this, this amazing, glorious river. And instantly, instantly when this happened, it was like within seconds, I saw people that were just clothed by Steve and Tabby jump on this highway and they, they followed this highway to this river, this beautiful river. And there were people floating down this river and they had tickets in their hand like the Lord had given them a ticket. They had identified, the Lord had identified to these people that this pond was their next stop. There was equipping that had to happen at this pond. And I saw the people of the church finding these people with tickets that couldn't be seen with a natural eye, but they saw it in the spirit through their, through their clothing, through their equipping. And they started gathering these people and bringing them up this highway to, the, to what is now an oil well. And as they came to the oil well, Steve and Tabby started showing them how to dive deep, how to look deep into the oil. And as they dove into the oil, they started finding the furniture of the sanctuary. They found, they found the, the menorah. They found uh, the candlesticks. They found the showbread. They found the altar of incense. They found the veil that was split open. They had access into the outer sanctuary and the inner sanctuary. And I have a lot more to say about this tonight, but... The Lord sometimes take you to stagnant waters to grow a maturity, to grow an endurance, to grow an equipping. Do you know that the the do you know that the Bible actually says Isaiah twenty seven one actually says that the only thing that can destroy Leviathan, the, the crocodile, the spirit, is the sword of the Lord. And it can't be something that I don't know how you have been taught in spiritual warfare. You just can't run up and start prophesying against a major principality like that. Okay, a crocodile is not a small thing. A crocodile is symbolic of a very large entity. You are fighting for a region. You are fighting for something that is extremely important. Okay? And the only thing the Lord actually says in the, in the book of Job, He actually is talking to Job and He says, do you think... Your sword can defeat Leviathan? Ha! The Lord laughs. No. You need my sword. You need my prophetic word specific that will only come when I'm ready to give it to you. And so if you understand the depth of what this process is about Steve learning endurance, actually gaining a strength he didn't have, the ability to actually wrestle with a principality, and Tabby against her own nature, having to wait on the Lord in a way she's never waited before for a prophecy, for a word that would cut open the belly because inside of that prophecy is not only their destiny, it's the destiny, it's the, it's the very thing that clothes you. They're equip, they are equippers sent to clothe you. They are sent to drive the snake pit out of this place by clothing you 
that stagnant waters that surround the crocodile would not be allowed to stay because they defeat the crocodile and the stagnant waters are turned into anointing oil, equipping. That is the gift of Christ. You know, the Father sowed Jesus, but Jesus, He went to the cross and He ascended so He could sow the Holy Spirit. He gave the oil. Man, there's just such hope. There's just such hope. <laughs> About this more tonight, but I think the challenge for this church is no longer to do the usual church. Church isn't built on Sunday mornings. Church is built around the oil well. The reason people are naked around the oil well is because there's very few people connected to the oil well. And I don't know if it's a schedule thing or what it is, but a church who does not pray, who does not hear God together, who does not war together, who does not fight together, cannot care for each other supernaturally and hear God together so that together you move, you take the region. Having church is a secondary thing. Having church is it's to help the unchurched. Your purpose and calling will only manifest in prayer around the oil. And see, here's the beauty of this thing. I'm prophesying it, not knowing the full extent of exactly what stage they are in, but I'm prophesying because I see it, and what I see will manifest. Because I've done it. What I see will manifest. I don't know if you believe it, but I believe it enough that I'm going to see an oil pit come out of this place, that I'm going to see snakes run. And that's why the Lord had to convict me that I wasn't thankful enough to be connected to a place and understand the value of what the Lord was doing in this place. And I pray that same conviction will come upon you. It's not to condemn anybody. That if you don't think you're supposed to be part of this, but if you are supposed to be part of this, Sunday mornings is not part of the call. Sunday mornings is part of the ministry. Are you hearing me? You're birthing and driving out demons and taking over regions and doing what you are called to do, clothed in what you're called to be clothed in, happens in prayer where the oil flows. And if you choose to dwell around a stagnant water where Leviathan is able to take authority over you, do you know how Leviathan works? He actually lurks up on the people that are standing on the edge. He drags them in because he sneaks up on them. He takes them under, twists them till they lose their air and they suffocate and die. If you choose to stand naked on the edge of the pond, that's up to you. But you've been warned. You've actually been called. With a call comes a warning. It's a real thing. You can choose life or death. You can choose whether you will follow the voice of God into what He's calling this place to do. And you may say, well, what gives Him the right to say that? I don't know. I'm speaking under the Spirit of God and He is asking for you to love Him with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and all your soul and love your neighbor. And there's no way that you can love your neighbor. It's actually a fake thing in the church that happens. People trying to walk around fake like they love people and then they walk around and stab each other in the back because they're actually not loving God with all their heart, all their mind, all their soul, and all their strength, giving their life to God so that they can love people. 
I love you. I do. I love you. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually answer the Lord the way I did and repent for the conviction that I felt for not really realizing the value of what was happening here. Are you? Where do you rest right now? Where does your heart rest? Where does your heart rest? If your heart rests here, you should be part of the prayer team here. You should be praying together to hear God so that you all know what the Lord said and you're all on board and you don't treat prophecy like it's just something flimsy, like it's a small thing. Because when the Lord speaks, He speaks for real, He speaks truth, and if He gives a man a vision, He expects you to execute it. He expects you not only just see it and talk about it, He actually expects you to start stepping into it. And He is ready. He said, I am ready to execute my word, my vision. Are you convicted? If you're not convicted, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to convict you today. I love you. Listen, the Lord sent prophets places to do things that the average make you feel good preacher is not going to do. Okay? I'm not a feel good guy. Sometimes I go prophetic on my wife and I need corrected sometimes, but I still love her. Right, y'all? She goes prophetic on me too. Actually, more than I go on her. Clean up your room. Listen, man, I just, it's like the Lord is drawing a line in the sand. He wants your heart. He's got their heart. But there, the whole thing works with you. The people, you gotta say, you gotta experience, you have to say, Lord, oh my gosh, I can see the highway. If you can't, you have to ask him, Lord, let me see the highway that Dave saw that went from the oil well to the river. The people that the Lord had lined up with tickets to come get equipped in an anointing. Because until those people get equipped in an anointing, they can't go do what they're called to do either. Their destiny depends on you getting on that highway, clothed in what the Lord clothes you in, to go get them and bring them in. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org. D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book, The Key of David, Experiencing the Voice of God, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.